Story five of Around the Yule Log by Willis Boyd Allen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story five The Cracked Bell. There was no doubt whatever of its melancholy condition. Cracked it was, and cracked it had been for the last two years. Just how the crack came there, nobody knew. It was indeed a tiny flaw long ago covered by green rust and apparently as harmless as the veriest thread or a wisp of straw lodging for a moment on the old bell's brazen sides but when the clapper began to swing and gave one timid touch to the smooth inner surface of its small cell the flaw made itself known and as the strokes grew louder and angrier the dissonance so clattered and battered against the ears of the parish that after two years patient endurance of this infliction which they considered a direct discipline to humble their pride over a new coat of white paint on the little church one small black-bonneted sister rose in prayer-meeting and begged that the bell be left quiet or at least muffled for one day as it disturbed her daughter whom all the village knew to be suffering from nervous prostration emboldened by this declaration of war a deacon declared that it was an insult to religion and its founder to ring such a bell it was the laughing-stock of the village he added and its flat discords were but a signal for derision on the part of every scoffer and backslider in the parish other evidence of convincing character was given by various members of the congregation the bell was tried convicted and sentenced and more than one face showed its relief as good old dr manson the pastor instructed the sexton publicly to omit the customary call to services on the following sabbath i hope he further said looking around gravely on his people that you will all make more than usual effort to be in your pews promptly at half-past ten for a time the members of the first congregational society of north penfield were noticeably and commendably prompt in their attendance upon all services they were so afraid that they should be late that they arrived at the meeting-house a good while before the opening hymn dr manson was gratified the village wits were put down and the old bell hung peacefully in the belfry over the attentive worshippers as silent as they snow and rain painted its surface with vivid tints and the swallows learned that they could perch upon it without danger of its being jerked away from their slender feet there was no other meeting-house in the town and as the nearest railroad was miles away the sound of a clear-toned bell floating down from the summer sky or sending its sweet echoes vibrating through a wintry twilight in an oft-repeated mellow call to prayers was almost forgotten gradually the congregation fell into the habit of dropping in of a sunday morning while the choir were singing the voluntary or remaining in the vestibule where behind the closed doors they had a bit of gossip while they waited for the rustle within which announced the completion of the pastor's long opening prayer it became a rare occurrence for all to be actually settled in their pews when the text was given out the same tardiness was noticeable in the friday evening meetings and odd to say a certain spirit of indolence seemed to creep over the services themselves 
whereas in former days the farmers and their wives were wont to come bustling briskly into the vestry while the bell was ringing and the cheerful hum of voices arose in the informal handshaking before meeting soon quieting and then blending joyously in the stirring strains of how firm a foundation or onward christian soldiers followed by one brief earnest prayer or exhortation after another in quick succession in these later days it was quite different it was difficult to carry the first hymn through as there were rarely enough good singers present to sustain the air now it was the pianist who was late now the broad-shouldered mill-owner whose rich bass was indeed a firm foundation for all timid sopranos and altos now the young man who could sing any part with perfect confidence and often did wander over all four in the course of a single verse lending a helping hand so to speak wherever it was needed the halting and dispirited hymn made the members self-distrustful and melancholy at the outset there were long pauses during which all the sluggish or tired-out brothers and sisters nodded in the heated room and the sensitive and nervous clutched shawl fringes and coat buttons in agonized fidgets the meeting became so dull and heavy that slight excuses were sufficient to detain easy-going members at home especially the young people it was a rare sight now to see bright-eyed and rosy cheeks in the room the members discussed the dismal state of affairs which was only too plain and laid the blame on the poor old minister his sermons haven't the power they had once brother simpson remarked deacon fairweather shaking his head sadly as they trudged home from afternoon service one hot sunday in august there's something wantin' and i don't jestly know what he ain't personal enough you want to be personal to do any good in a parish there's squire rayburn now everybody knows he sets up sunday evenings and works on his law papers i say there ought to be a regular downright discourse on sabbath breakin that's so that's so assented the deacon and brother langworth hadn't been nigh even a meetin for more'n six weeks from one faulty member to another they wandered forgetting as they jogged along the familiar path side by side the banks of goldenrod beside them the blue sky and fleecy clouds above the blue hills in the distance and all the glory and brightness of the blessed summer day the next morning north penfield experienced a shock the white-haired pastor overcome by extra labor increasing cares the feebleness of age or a combination of all these causes had sunk down upon his bed helplessly on his return from the little white meeting-house the afternoon before never to rise again until he should leave behind him the weary earth garments that now but hindered his slow and painful steps the townspeople were greatly concerned for the old man was dearly loved by young and old those who of late had criticised now remembered dr manson's palmy days when teams came driving in from penfield centre the hollow and two or three other adjoining settlements to listen to the impassioned discourses of the young clergyman a meeting of the committee was called at once to consider the affairs of the bereft church for bereft they felt it to be and take steps for an immediate supply during the vacancy of the pulpit two months later dr manson passed peacefully away and there was one more mound in the little churchyard the snows of early december already lay deep on road and field before the north penfield parish in a regularly called and organized meeting was given to understand that a new minister was settled 
half a dozen candidates had preached to the people but only one had met with favour harold olsen was a norwegian by parentage though born in america tall and straight as the pines of the norseland with clear flashing blue eyes and honest winning smile the congregation began to love him before he was halfway through his first sermon his sweet-faced little wife made friends with a dozen people between services by nightfall the question was practically settled and so was the rev harold olsen the new minister as he was called for years afterwards at the beginning of the second week in december harold ascended the pulpit stairs of the north penfield meeting-house feeling very humble and very thankful in the face of his new duties he loved his work his people his wife and his god and here he was with them all four at once sleigh bells jingled merrily outside the door one family after another came trooping in muffled to the ears and moved demurely up the central or side aisles to their high-backed pews the sunlight found its way in under the old-fashioned fan-shaped blinds at the tops of the high windows and rested upon gray hair and brown on figures bowed with grief and age on restless eager children on the pulpit itself and finally upon the golden-edged leaves of the old bible still the people came in a hymn was given out and sung while harold was lifting his soul to heaven on the wings of his prayer he could not help hearing the noise of heavy boots in the meeting-house entry stamping off the snow his fervent amen was the signal for a draught of cold air from their doors followed by a dozen latecomers after the sermon which was so simple and straightforward that it went directly to the hearts of the people he hastened to confer with his deacons the bell didn't ring this morning brother fairweather what was the matter he asked after a warm hand-clasp all around why the fact is sir there ain't no bell there is none to speak of put in deacon simpson's apologetically there's a bell up there but it got so cracked and out of tune that nobody could stand it sick or well the reverend harold olson's eyes twinkled how long have you gone without this unfortunate bell oh matter of two or three years i guess weddings funerals and all well yes reluctantly i did feel bad when we followed the minister to his grave without any tollin he was master fond of hearin that bell first along but there it couldn't be helped public opinion was against this here particular bell and we just got laughed at ringin it so we stopped and here we be without it mr olson's blue eyes sparkled again as he caught his little wife's glance half amused half pained he changed the subject and went among his parishioners inquiring kindly for the absent ones and making new friends at a quarter before three the hour for afternoon service he entered the meeting-house again the sexton was asleep in one of the pews he was aroused by a summons so startling that a repetition was necessary before he could comprehend its import R -r -r ring the bell he gasped incredulously oh, why, why sir it hadn't been rung for never mind mr bedloe interrupted harold with his pleasant smile let's try it to-day just for a change harold had attended one or two prayer meetings as well as sunday services and um, had an idea on reaching the entry the sexton shivered in the cold air and pointed helplessly to a hole in the ceiling through which the bell-rope was intended to play 
i put it up inside out of the way so the boys couldn't get it he chattered don't you think so we'd better wait till but it was no use to talk to empty air the new minister had gone and presently returned with a long heavy bench which he handled as easily as if it were a lady's work-basket just steady it a bit he asked and mr bedloe with conscientious misgivings as to the propriety of his assisting at a gymnastic performance on sunday did as he was bid up went the minister like a cat and presently down came the knotted end of the rope now let's have a good hearty pull mr bedloe the sexton grasped the rope and pulled there was one frightened discordant outcry from the astonished bell and there stood poor mr bedloe with about three yards of detached rope in his hands it had broken just above the point where it passed through the flooring over his head now sir expostulated the sexton here dick called mr olson to a bright-faced little fellow who had put his head in at the door and was regarding these unwanted proceedings with round-eyed astonishment won't you run over to my house and ask my wife for that long piece of clothesline that hangs up in the kitchen closet dick was gone like a flash his curiosity excited to the highest pitch what does he want it for asked pretty olga olson hurrying to produce the required article don't know panted dick he got mr bedloe in the entry and he sent for a rope double quick with which bewildering statement he tore out of the house and back to the church five minutes later the population of north penfield were astounded by hearing a long silent but too familiar voice it's that old cracked bell exclaimed half a hundred voices at once in as many families do let's go to meetin and see what's the matter the afternoon's congregation was in fact even larger than the morning's harold noted it with quiet satisfaction and gave out as his text the first verse of the sixty-sixth psalm at the close of his brief sermon he paused a moment then referred to the subject in all their thoughts speaking in no flippant or jesting tone but in a manner that showed how sacredly important he considered the matter i have been pained to notice he said gravely the tardiness with which we begin our meetings it is perfectly natural that we should be late when there is no general call such as we have been accustomed to hear from childhood i do not blame anybody in the least i do believe that we have all grown into a certain sluggishness both physical and spiritual in our assembling together as a direct consequence of the omission of those tones which to us and our fathers have always spoken but one blessed word come i believe he continued looking about over the kindly faces before him i believe you agree with me that something should be done don't think me too hasty or presuming in my new pastorate if i add that it seems to me vitally important to take action at once our bell is not musical it is true but its tones cracked and unmelodious as they are will serve to remind us of our church home its duties and its pleasures on tuesday evening we will hold a special meeting in this house to consider the question of purchasing a new bell to take the place of the old the prudential committee and all who are interested in the subject are urged to be present let us pray it was a wonderful season that tuesday evening conference the cracked bell did its quavering best for a full twenty minutes before the hour appointed to call the people together and no appeal could have been more irresistible 
two-thirds of the sum required was raised that night for ten days more the old bell rang on every possible occasion until it became an accusing voice of conscience to the parish prayer meetings once more began sharp on the hour and proceeded with old-time vigour the interest spread until a real revival was in progress before the north penfield society were fairly aware of the change still the bell fund lacked fifty dollars of completion on the evening of the twentieth of december in the midst of a furious storm a knock was heard at the parsonage and lo at the hastily opened door stood squire radbourne powdered with snowflakes and beaming like a veritable santa claus i couldn't feel easy he announced after he had been relieved of coat and furs and seated before the blazing fire to have next sunday go by without a new bell on the meeting-house we must have some good hearty ringing on that morning sure it's the twenty-fifth you know so here's a little christmas present to the parish or the lord either way you want to put it the crisp fifty-dollar note he laid down before the delighted couple was all that was needed harold made a quick calculation he had already selected a bell at a foundry a hundred miles away and sitting down at his desk wrote rapidly i'll mail your letter said the squire it's right on my way or near enough let's get it off to-night to save time and away he trudged again through the deepening drifts and the blur of the white storm on saturday evening after all the village people were supposed to be abed and asleep two dark figures might have been seen moving to and fro in the old meeting-house with a lantern after some irregular movements in the entry the light appeared in the belfry and a little later one queer flat brassy note uncommonly like the voice of the cracked bell rang out on the night air then there was absolute silence and before long the meeting-house was locked up and left to itself again on christmas eve alone with the wonder secret of a new song in its faithful heart waiting to break forth in praise of god at dawn of day how the people started that fair christmas morning as the sweet silvery notes fell on their ears they hastened to the church they pointed to the belfry where the bell swung to and fro in a joyous call of come 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 they listened in rapt silence and some could not restrain their sobs while others with grateful tears in their eyes looked upon the old rusty cracked bell that rested silent on the church floor and as they looked and even passed their hands lovingly over its worn sides they thanked god for its faithful service and the good work it had wrought and for the glad hopes that filled that blessed christmas day End of story five.